Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. I'm tearing them up here. Just, just seeing this, and, and it, it's beautiful. I love it. It's, it's great. Worship is amazing. The energy is absolutely phenomenal in this place. Axios, you guys are awesome. I'm so glad I get the chance to be here, me and my wife and my son, Ezra. And uh, we walked in the door, and he followed Riley, um, Pastor Eric's daughter, and, and he just disappeared. And I have, I have no idea where he went. Uh, but, uh, but I know your, your, your serve team members, your volunteers are take, taking good care of him. So, it's, again, it's an absolute honor and joy to, to be here. Uh, and so today, uh, as, as, I, as I talk, today I'm going to be talking about, about a, a word that we sometimes use uh, or we hear a lot, but... But I, I would venture to say, do we put this into practice a whole lot? And the word is grace. Everybody say grace. And so we're going to be going in, and I'm going to be reading through the, the end of Galatians chapter 5, and we'll be going into, into chapter 6, just really dissecting that word grace. And, and Paul, uh, one of my favorite writers in the Bible, he's credited with writing you know, half of the New Testament. One of my favorite writers in the, in the Bible, Paul, he, he lays out a really good picture of grace. And he starts off by, by giving us an example. And I love, by, you know, the best way to sometimes learn something is to, to see the polar opposite. You know, and, and, and with Paul, with Paul's writing, he talks about, about this, this concept. He paints a great picture for us. So this is where we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 and 21. This is, this is, you know, how do we, this is a concept, like how do we reflect Christ? How do we reflect Christ in our, in our life? Not just not just in, at church, not just in, in a building, but, but when we go to work, when we're in school, when we're in college, wherever we're at, how do we reflect Christ? And he gives us a couple examples, and the first one is what not to do. And this is, this is the fruit of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, verse, starting verse 19, he says this, The act of the flesh is obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, you know, envy, drunkenness. He said, these are all of the, 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 the acts of the flesh. So th- these are, he's given us a picture of, okay, hey, hey this is, as, we, as we're going to get ready to talk into grace, here's something that, that we need to be in the lookout for. The opposite is this, Galatians 5, 22. He says, but a fruit of spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, I'm sorry, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no laws. Those who have belonged to Christ and have been crucified their flesh with their passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, one thing I love about Paul, he, he's consistent in this. He's consistent in, in, in talking about our relationship with each other. He's talking about our relationship with God, and he, he's talking about our relationship with others. And it's, it's consistency throughout his writings. And it's this tension. I like to use this word tension whenever I'm talking because we call imagine. Imagine I'm holding the, this rubber band, and, and the, the further you stretch it, the more, more tension builds. And, and, and life is really all about managing this tension that we have building up. And, and we pull in one thing, and then it starts to stretch us in the other direction. Life is full of tension. And so there's this tension that Paul constantly reminds us that, that we wrestle with. This, this tension as we, as we get closer to God, let's never forget about what's most important to God and the characteristics of God, and that's his people. 
you guys just wrapped up a series talking about church. So I'm sure you talked about the, the love that we need to have, not just for each other in the building, but for people outside. The, the whole idea of love, you know, loving your city is about going out and, and, and loving your city because the, this tension is going to build as we, as we build our relationship with each other and we're, we're like each other. We're, we're going to enjoy that time. But, but Paul's reminding us, like, hey, let's, let's remember. Let's remember to love those around us. Because that's what God does. He, he loves. He never, he never wants us to forget. But he also, Paul reminds us in Galatians 5.26, let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. That tension in our life. Let's, let's not, as we continue to grow, as we continue to stretch, let us not be conceited thinking that we are better than anybody else. God always always loves his people. In the book of Galatians, Paul is addressing two audiences. He, the, the first, the, the, there's one of them, he, he addresses, that's the, that's the Gentiles. We, we hear about this a lot and we read about it a lot in, in, in Paul's writing, and that's us, the people who are, didn't grow up in the Jewish culture, but we, you know, we, we become Christians. So this is, is, he's addressing the Gentiles, people who aren't Jewish, and, and he's addressing also the Jewish people. And there's that tension that is building within the Jewish people and the Gentiles. And there's this tension that Paul is constantly wrestling with. And the tension that is building is that the church leaders, the, the Gentile leaders, they, they want everybody to follow the laws of Moses, especially around this concept of circum circumcision. And so what does this matter to us? What's the, what's the point? What is the, the driving force as we go into Galatians, as we talk about grace? Why is this so important to us? And simply put, I put it this way, is it will, we must always have the responsibility to take care of the body of believers, to love each other, to care for each other, to support each other. You know, the, the kind of speaking style that I do, I, I, I call it a bottom line. I like my, my bottom line message that everything I talk about and you know, all the stories that I share, the scriptures that I read, I wanted to delete it to a, a singular point. So if you remember absolutely nothing else about, about me, if you could just remember this one point, I will consider it a success. So my bottom line today, and I'll say it again and again in, in different parts, is this. When tension builds in our faith, let us go back to Jesus. What did he say and what did he do? When we're, when we're worried about what am I supposed to do as a believer, what am I supposed to do as a Christian, go back to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? You know, I want to try this new God thing that you guys are talking about. You know, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, go, let's go, go back to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? As a youth pastor, I always, if I can get my kids to remember just two scriptures, two passages of scripture, this was one of them. The greatest, the great commandment, Matthew said, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 22, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws of the commandment hangs on these two. The laws, the, 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 the tension that is building between the the. the the, the Gentiles and the Jewish people, it comes down to the laws. It comes down to what they feel like they should be doing. And Jesus kind of wraps it all up in a nice, beautiful package to love the Lord your God with all that you have. Let us not, Galatians 5, 26, it says, let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. So to the Jewish converts, don't forget 
Don't forget what's most important. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Don't provoke. Don't push buttons. To the modern church, to, to Axios Church, to Mountain West Church, to, to, to the big C church in America, don't forget. Don't forget what is most important. Don't, don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Don't provoke. Don't get so caught up in the laws. Don't get so caught up in the, in the do's and the don'ts. When, when tension in our faith builds, let's not forget. But go back to Jesus. What did he say and what did he do? What is it that he wants us to do? So as we go into Galatians chapter 6, if you have your Bible, you can go to Galatians chapter 6. I'll be reading several verses through there. What's the big takeaway? Let's go back to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? And the first is this. Someone needs you. Someone needs you. Remember the commandment. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have. There's someone that needs you. You know, I, I remember hearing this growing up in churches, and, and sometimes I, I, I get into the habit of saying this too, but I, I've kind of refrained my mind of, of how I want to say this, what I'm getting ready to say. And, and we always say, like, hey, let's put God to, at the top of our list, top of our life. And I've realized I kind of want to step back from saying that to say, okay, let's put God at the, at the center of our life. Imagine that there's a circle and there's a, there's a wheel. There's a pin in the middle. And er, that wheel, the only way that wheel spins is because it revolves around this pin. And so I've realized, it's like, hey, let's, let's put God at the center of our life. Because if God is the center of our life, all of our life will revolve around this pin. But the reality is we put a lot of other things in the center. And, the, and that's what starts to drive our wheel. And, and, and maybe we say, okay, God's not in the middle, but, but maybe God is the, one of the spokes. We say, let's, let's put God to the center of our life because someone needs you. Love the Lord your God with all that you have. And Jesus didn't say, hey, and, and by the way, here's something else. He said, no, the second part of this is just as important. It's not, it's not like secondary, but it, it's just as important as loving God um, with everything that you have. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. You ever ask yourself, like as a, as a follower, as a believer, what am I supposed to do? Like what is, what is, what is, it re, what is required of me to live out my life? And Paul gives us the answer in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught up in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person Gently. Everybody say gently. Those who live by the Spirit are supposed to restore them gently. Not blasting them on Facebook. Not, not throwing, you know, the, the, the passive-aggressive posts. You know, some family members, you know, you're supposed to restore that person gently. Those of you, he also puts this warning about maturity. He said, those who live by the Spirit. So if you ain't living by the Spirit, don't go restoring people. He said, those who, now let me say that again, if, if you're not living by the Spirit, don't go telling somebody how to live by the Spirit. Those who live by the Spirit, go restore them gently. But he says this, and I love it, and I put it in bold in my, in my notes, and I love Paul's writing, he said, but watch yourself. He said, but watch yourself so you may also not be tempted. Let me give you an example. If, you, if you're struggling with alcohol, 
don't go restoring people in the bar. If you're struggling with pornography, don't go trying to save strippers. He says, those of you who live by the Spirit, go restore that person gently, but, but don't be tempted so you also may not be caught up. Watch yourself. And I say that because I, if someone needs you. Someone needs you. Somebody, there's somebody in Lakeland, there's somebody in the surrounding area that, that needs your story, that, that needs the, the love of God that you have with them. But Paul is, is saying, hey, be mature, be mindful, but be careful where you also go. So they might need you, but they might not need you physically. Might need to send somebody else. If you're married, and if you have somebody that, that's on your heart, maybe you and your wife go. Don't go by yourself. Don't get caught up, fellas, all right? All right, let me, I'll move on for that point. I just want to make sure we understand what Paul is saying, okay? <laughs> the second thing is this. As we're supposed to love each other, as we're supposed to, you know, what is it that we're supposed to do? Let's go back to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? What is it that we're supposed to do? Number two is carry each other's burdens. Paul says this. He says, carry each other's burdens and, and this way so you may fit, fulfill the laws of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. And sometimes I know, I understand that it could be exhausting. You know, you have those, those family members, those, those brothers, those sisters, those cousins, those aunties, those uncles, those those, those co-workers, those friends, and you're like, man, how, how long do I have to carry this person? How long, how long? I don't know if you guys have ever asked this, this to yourself or maybe you asked this to God, like, God, how long must I pray these prayers? The reality is we're always supposed to pray those prayers because someone needs you. In the early church, as, as the church was getting together, there were, there were small local churches, and, and we, we think about church because we think about it in this context, but, but a church was a group of people getting together, talking, doing life like a small group, and they have somebody come in and share, and, and when there was a need in that group, when there was a, a physical need, that group will take care of it. They carry their burdens. When there are financial needs, that, that, that group will take care of it. They will carry each other's burdens. When there are prayer needs, that group would, will take care of them by praying for them. They will carry each other's burdens. Someone needs you. Pray for each other. Don't stop praying for each other. Find ways to be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your effort. Be generous with your money. I had a, I had a pastor that I worked for, and, and I love what he said because, it, it, like, I knew, I knew this, but I never actually put it into, into practice. And he said, it's like, hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with saving to be generous. So if you want to be generous, save your money. Because here's the reality. Sometimes we can't be generous because we haven't managed our money well. And so there's things that me and my wife have done. We know at the, you know, right before Christmas, we always want to bless a servant. So we save our money to bless the servant. And so it's not, and, and that's the thing. It's like there's somebody that needs you to, there's someone that needs the love that you have. There's someone that needs the love of Jesus that's inside of you. So as we talk about grace, I have this story to share. My, my mom growing up, and I didn't understand this. My mother growing up, I never understood this until later on in life. We have family members that will call us, that will call my mom, and she'll spend hours on the phone with them. And there's family members that, that you know, you, you kind of have those family members you guys probably have them that, that kind of do you dirty, and, you know, in the past, and you, know, you really don't want anything to do with. Uh, but those family members never always call. 
they always call and they always, they never call just say, hey, how are you doing? They always call like, hey, I need some money for the rent. I need money for this. And, and I, I would hear these conversations just as a, you know, 10-year-old, 12-year-old. And I never understood why my mom always took those phone calls. I was like, why? Like, why do you, those people who talk about you all the time, why do you take their phone calls? And she would call, take their phone calls, talk with them. Sometimes she would send money, sometimes she wouldn't. And I never, I didn't realize it until years later when I came across passages like this. It was grace. It was carrying her in-law's burden. It wasn't always light. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always what she wanted to do. But she knew she was the only person that could help in certain situations. She was the only person that could do that. And those are the things that I learned by watching her. Don't, see, what this is what I was doing. And it took me a while to learn this. Don't look down on others. We've all been there. We've needed help. We are imperfect. You are imperfect. Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, you, have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't look down on somebody else. We've been there. So when attention builds in our faith. What is it that, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to say? What is, it, what is the impact that you want me to have? When tension builds in our faith, go back to Jesus. Go back to the red letters. What did he say and what did he do? The second is this. Don't expect what you neglect. Don't expect what you neglect. Verse 7 in, um, in, uh, in Galatians chapter 6 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You get what you put in. You know, there's, 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 I want this kind of investment. And I would, I would want to say you would want to invest like this. You know, you go to a gas station, you buy a $1 scratch off, and you're a millionaire, right? You put in a dollar, and, and you win, and it's like, oh, man, I'm a tide all day long. Now, you, you know, we want that kind of investment. We, we want to put in a little bit, and we want to get a lot out of it. See, that, that's, what, that's what we want, but, but Paul's saying, hey, you, you don't, don't, God cannot be deceived. He cannot be mocked. A man sows what he reaps. We want the easy money. We want the easy relationship. You know, we're putting a little bit of time, and, you know, we have a great marriage, putting a little bit of time, and, and we have a great relationship with our kids, putting a, a little bit of a time, and, 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 and we're, we're bought into the church, you know, putting a little bit of time. And that's not what Paul is saying. Do not... Be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You reap what you sow. Don't expect what you neglect. Whosoever slow, sows to please their flesh will reap the flesh, and which is destruction. You don't get what you don't put in. It's, it's simple. You know, we, you know there's things that we, we want in life. And there's things that those are the, the, the concepts that I'm, I'm constantly teaching my, my six-year-old son. Is that It's like sometimes it takes work. Hey, buddy, if you want to be a baseball star, it takes work. You got to get up and you got to throw the baseball again and again and again. He's like, no, Dad, I don't want to. He's like, buddy, we got to, if you, if you want to play, if you want to play anywhere besides right field, you got to run the bases. You guys who have kids playing baseball, you know, it's like you got to swallow some pride. It's like you want your, you want your kid at shortstop, but you know you can't, you can't force him to be there. You got to want to be there. 
There's things that God wants in your life. And he can't, he can't just force you there. You got to want to be there. And we think, the, thing, the reality is I think we, we think we want to be there. We think that we want to have a great relationship with our parents. We, we think that we want to have a great relationship with our kids or, or our spouses. But do we do the work to do that? Don't expect what you neglect. Don't expect to have that, that, that great relationship with marriage or kids, work, finances. You know, we, we sometimes sit down and dream about being debt-free, being, being, you know, being financial freedom. But to be in financial freedom takes work. Sometimes it takes saying no. Saying no to the, to the, the car that you want, but maybe yes to the car you could afford. I'll move on. I'm just, just going to be... I want Pastor Eric to invite. I want Pastor Eric to invite me back. Verse nine. Verse nine. Let us not become weary in doing well, for in a proper time we will reap a harvest. Harvest if we don't give up. Guys, and I know. There's there's things in our life that requires real work, real sacrifice. But this is a reminder. It's like, in proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. In proper time. We'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Verse 10. Therefore, we have, therefore, as we have opportunities, let us be good, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Guys, look for ways to bless other people. It doesn't, and, and here's the thing about blessing, is we always think that, that blessings have to be this big, grandiose thing. And, and sometimes a, a blessing is, is simple. It really is, it's, it's simple. It, it is. It is giving somebody a $5 gift card. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll share a moment of transparency for you guys. Like, me and Pastor Eric, we're, you know, I've, we, we've known each other for a long time, from college all the way till now. And, and I've always worked in the context of a church relationship. I've worked for the church. I've worked inside of the church. Even when I've had part-time jobs, like, that was just like a, a side thing I did, but the church was my life. And so for the most part, you know, I work in an environment where people are, are generally happy to see you. You walk in in the morning, and people are happy to see you. They're, they're happy to be here. Some, it wasn't until um, a while ago that I was talking to a really good friend of mine, a really good serve team member at my church, and, and he was there. It was a Thursday afternoon, and I was like, I was like Mike, like, thanks for coming and helping, but, but you, you can go home. You don't have to stay here. And he's like, no, I love it here. He's like, you don't understand. Like, no one's happy to see me at work. Like, maybe you get to work, and people are just like, oh, you know, here's your, here's your job. Do this, and then you can go home. And I didn't realize that, and I'm sorry for that, I didn't realize that for some of you guys, you don't get this environment outside of Sunday morning. When you go to work, people aren't like, oh, man, it's so great to see you. How was your weekend? How's the kids? They're like, hey, you're five minutes late. Or, or hey, you know, by the way, you had that thing on your desk you had to finish. And so that's the reality just of, of some of you, but that's also the reality of your, your coworkers. A blessing doesn't have to be, you know, you, you pay for their, their, their mortgage. It could be, hey, I'm so glad to see you today. Here's a $5 gift card. Guys, look for ways to bless others. Look for ways to, to give grace to others. Look for ways to make a difference to others. When tension builds in our faith, go back to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? Go back to the red letters. Number three, always choose uh, relationships over rituals. Always choose relationships over rituals. Uh, and I love this in, in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. Uh, you know, Paul writes this, and he, and he says this, and I, I kind of have to imagine I read the humor in it. 
And he says this. He's like, see what large letters I use. It is not my own, my own hand. So he's like, hey, pay attention to this. Starting in verse 12, said, those who want to impress people by the means of the flesh, this is going to go back to that tension that I say is building between the, the Gentiles and the, and the Jewish people about what they should do, especially as it comes to, to circumcision. But said, those of you who want to impress other, others by the means of their flesh, trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid the persecution that comes from the cross of Christ. Not even, and he says this, not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised so they may boast in the circumcision that you have. May I never boast except for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, through which the world, um, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcised or uncircumcised mean anything. What counts is the new creation. Basically, he, he's saying this. is like, hey, you know, the people who are saying, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, they're, they're caught up in the, in the ritual, and, and they themselves don't even listen to the laws. They, they themselves don't even do what they're telling you to do. They just want to say, hey, you know, look what I've done. I've got that person to make a decision. But Paul is saying, it's like, hey, none of that really even matters. What matters is that you're a new creation in Christ. And so that's what I'm saying. Don't get, don't get so caught up in the world, in, 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 the, in, in the laws. Let's always choose the relationship over rituals. I had a, a co-worker. He told me this story, and, and, and this is where I, I came up with this point. And he said this, and, yeah, you know, uh, try to best way he said it. You know, he told me there's a, there's a woman at the church. And the woman at the church, her, her daughter was getting married, and it was, she was getting married to someone in, in the same there's kids in here, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so her daughter was, daughter was getting married to, uh, to, to somebody else just like her. And the mom was like, I don't know what I should do. I don't know, I don't know how I'm supposed to respond in this moment. And, and my coworker says, like, hey, always choose the relationship. Pray for your daughter. Love your daughter. Because what will happen is there will come a time to where that relationship will be more valued than the actions that she's taking. You guys tracking with me? And, and there's times to where sometimes we get so caught up in the, in the do's and don'ts of our, of our walk with Christ that we forget. Jesus always chose the relationship. Let us, let's, not, let's, don't get, let's not get too caught up. Let's, let's choose the relationships over rituals. The, the interesting thing is right before Jesus' ministry started, before Jesus did anything, before Jesus did anything, he went to the Jordan, he was baptized, and God said, this is my son who I'm pleased. Before Jesus did anything in the ministry, before he did any kind of real miracles, God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. My five-year-old son, or six, I keep saying five, six, can't believe I have a six-year-old. Uh, my six-year-old son, Ezra, I always tell him, I was like, uh, I'll go to him, I was like, Ezra, I love you. Like, daddy loves you. He's like, oh, dad, I know. I was like, how do you know? He's like, because you tell me all the time. And I'm saying that is like, you know, again, we choose the rituals. We, we, we want to think sometimes, hey, if people do exactly what we want them to do, then we will have the relationship. And God's saying, hey, we've got it twisted. Let, let's, let's love the people. Let's choose the relationship, and the other stuff will work itself out. Choose the relationship, and the other stuff will work. Choose the grace, and the other stuff will work itself out. Choose forgiveness, and the other stuff will work itself out. When tension builds in our faith, go back 
to Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? Again, uh, a keys player, you can come up. <laughs> go back to Jesus. Go back to the red letters. Go back to the go back to the stories. Go back to the examples. This is what he this is who he was. This is this was his characteristic. It was relationships. It was relationships, relationships, relationships. It was forgiveness. It was grace. And so I love Galatians. I love it's it's about this this. We, we realize in the entire book of Galatians, it's all about us being made new creation, but we're always pointed back to Christ. There's a story that you guys have. There's a story that, that you have. There's, there's a walk. There's a journey that you have that someone needs to hear. And they won't hear it if you just do it out of the context of your choice. They'll only listen if it's out of the context of a relationship. Why do I say look for ways to bless people? Not so you could, not so it's a bait and switch. It's like, oh, here's a gift card, so let me tell you about Jesus. No, it's here's a gift card. And the next week's, oh, it's good to see you. It might be six months, it might be a year. Something happens in their life. And there's nobody else around. There's no other co-worker that they have known that, that they could talk to about life. They'll remember, oh, man, this person gave me a gift card. This person wrote me a note. This person said, hey, it was good to see you. Always choose the relationship, never the rituals. As the early church was forming, there was that tension that was building between the old and the new, between the law and grace. And Paul reminds us, and his reminder thousands of years ago is the same today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works, so no one can boast. We have all been saved by grace. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We couldn't work for it. But he loves us the same. Let us choose the relationship, because if we choose a relationship, and we have that, that child that is... is off in a while, going up in the wrong direction, we will go to him and we will choose the relationship, knowing that it's by grace that we were saved and it's grace that I give to my child. When we have a, a, a spouse that it's, you know, it's difficult sometimes to go home, it's difficult sometimes to, to be together and, and, and you want to say, it's like, you know, you want to throw all their wrongs out there. Let us choose a relationship. Let us choose grace. For it is by grace we were saved. For those of you guys, when you go to your, when you, those of you guys who are in school or in high school, middle school or, or college and, and people are doing things differently than, than you know what to do and, you know, I, I was bad at this when I was your age and being judgmental and, and, and you know, pointing back, this is what the Bible says, this is what the scripture says. Let's choose the relationship. For it is by grace that we were saved and it's only by the grace of God. Not because you've beaten them over the head, not because you've convinced them, but it's because of the grace of God that they will come to know Him. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, 
We love you, and we're in this together.